You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Okay, with a week's worth of games under our belt, we really have learned nothing about most teams because, let's face it, you can't really judge on what goes on in the first seven or eight games. Um, but we are going to talk about the Diamondbacks, who I think are the most fascinating team. Maybe not the best team, but the most fascinating team in the NL West. I'm Allison Footer, and I'm here with Steve Gilbert, uh, who we have not talked with in a while. Um, Steve, glad you're back. And also, let's talk about Paul Goldschmidt, first of all. So this is what I find interesting. Um, he is really good versus the Dodgers. And that's not that unusual for like a player to be to have some kind of domination against a team in their division. But the Dodgers are not necessarily a team that you would think like somebody could dominate. Uh, that's why it's so impressive that in his lifetime he has a three thirty eight batting average against these guys. Um, I guess you can't really explain that, can you? No, and, and asking him to explain it is kind of fruitless, too, because he just doesn't like to talk about himself, and he certainly doesn't like to talk about you know good fortune he might have against the team. Um, it is hard to explain because the Dodgers typically have some pretty good pitchers, but you know he does well against good pitching. You know, he, he owns Tim Lincecum as well. Um, I think he hit his first homer, if I'm not mistaken, off Matt Cain. Uh, the first time he faced him, so I mean, he he uh, he seems to step his his game up another level when he needs to. And uh, as as to why the you know I tried yesterday asking him after his uh, you know big performance against the Dodgers, you know, is there something about Dodger Stadium? Is he likes hitting at Dodger Stadium? You know, because sometimes team players are, are like a background, a hitting background in a certain place. And he said, no, nope, there's really no difference for him. So. Um, good luck trying to figure that one out or, or to get any help from him on figuring that out. Yeah. Well, it's still fun to talk. I remember covering the Astros, Lance Berkman, like he just hit great uh, in Cincinnati. But it wasn't just one ballpark in Cincinnati. So it was the old one and then the new one. And he, he had like a 450 batting average in both of those ballparks. And you just can't – I mean, I can explain that because the Reds are like really, really bad throughout Berkman's entire career. But still, um, but there's I don't know. There's got to be something there to it. But Could could, you know, could have been the chili, right? It could have been chilly. Yeah, it could have been the fact that he didn't really like being in Texas and he didn't like being in Cincinnati, but um, who really knows. Um, okay, so I want to talk about Shelby Miller, who uh, who is my pick to be a really good pitcher on this team, and I'm a big fan. Um, so everyone, talk, everyone talks about Zach Granke, who has been underwhelming so far. I'm assuming that will turn around. But Shelby Miller, how, how, how has he been? You know, he struggled his, his his first outing. He gave up six runs, and they were all in one inning. Um, and he seemed to do fine the other five innings. His last outing, um, his stuff actually seemed to be even better his last outing in terms of how many bats that he that he missed. Um, now he didn't get the win. Uh, he didn't pitch as well as he probably expects to pitch. Um, but, you know, Chip Hale's been saying that sometimes it takes guys a little couple of starts to just kind of settle in a little bit with their, with a new team. So um, definitely he was, a, he was a guy that was my X factor for the Diamondbacks this year. So he's somebody that, uh, that I'll be watching closely as well. And it's going to be interesting to see how he does in his third and fourth starts here now that he's got a couple under his belt and, and uh, to see if he's able to make uh, certain adjustments and, and how that all plays out. Yeah, it's a long season, and, and I don't want to uh, go on too much about Zach Grinke's start to the season, but um, it's got to be disappointing. I mean, what's been going on with him so far? Is Are there any worries about this? Uh, no worries. Uh, sure, certainly some disappointment. And, uh, you know, he 
he just terms it, you know, even though his last start was better than his first start, he just, you know, terms it as, as disappointing and unacceptable. Uh, those are his words. Um, so, I, I, again, I, I don't think that they're too concerned about either one of these guys just yet um, because of the, the track records. And, you know, Chip Hale was saying that, you know, when you look at a guy who's been in the big leagues for a while, whether it's a hitter or a pitcher, and you see their numbers, um, typically – you don't worry when they have a track record of success when they struggle initially um, because they, they'll find a way to, to get back on track. So um, certainly they're expecting you know, better things from Granke, and he's expecting better things from himself. And um, it be interesting to see how he does in his next start uh, pitching against the Padres. Okay, and the one other guy I want to talk about is Socrates Brito um, for two reasons. One, that's the best name I've ever heard. Not just the best name in baseball. That's just a great name. Um, and two, I, how is he adjusting to all of this? He's thrust into the spotlight. Everyone's talking about him because of who he's replacing uh, with A.J. Pollock going down, and so he seems to be the guy. How is he adjusting to that? Is he getting a lot of attention? What's it been like for him? Well, he's my favorite name, too, and I, it, when they <laughs> signed him way back when, I was thinking, man, I hope this guy gets to the big leagues because I would be great to write Socrates <laughs> on a regular basis. And and then yesterday, opening day at Dodger Stadium, I was listening to, of course, Vince Scully on my MLB TV, and he gave a whole history of the philosopher Socrates during Brito's first at-bat, so that was fascinating <laughs> as well, But as only Vince Scully can do. But as far as how he's handling it, he is a very mature kid. He doesn't seem to be phased by every, anything. Um, he's what uh, you know the coaching staff will call the game moves slow for him in terms of he doesn't get panicked. He doesn't uh, ever seem overwhelmed. So it's hard to know uh, if any of this talk about replacing A.J. Pollock uh, impacts him at all because he's just very quiet and very unassuming and, and doesn't seem to be uh, you know, happy one day, sad the next day. He just seems very um, kind of built for baseball in terms of his uh, his mental approach, which seems to be very consistent. So how are you feeling um, about just looking at the team as a whole, the expectations coming in? And like I said, I mean, we can glean almost nothing from this. We're talking about a 3-5 and five record, um, which is just silliness, but I'm going to ask you this. But, I mean, how, how you kind of see – um, this team as a whole, just moving forward without Pollock. I mean, I haven't talked to you since he got hurt. Um, is it a little bit, are they, maybe the expectations a little bit lower just because of um, just some of the things that you've seen like in the first week or, or does it not matter? I think the only thing that, that would make expectations lower was the injury to Pollock. Um, but I don't think that uh, the way they've played through the first uh, eight games is anything we can draw any conclusions about just yet. So I think if you say that your opinion on them has changed because of the Pollock injury, so maybe you, you take away a few wins, that I could understand. I think if people that, that kind of get in a little panicked in Phoenix when they had that, uh, you know, two and five homestand to start out with, um, that that's a little premature and, and it is a very, very long season. And again, so many things play into the, you know, the, the Cubs are a really good team. They have four of those games were against the Cubs that are a really right. good team, and they're going to win a lot of games this year, and that's a relentless offensive attack that they have. So for me, no, I, I don't I don't put uh, any, you know, too much stock in these first eight games. Certainly losing Pollock hurts them, but uh, I don't think the, the, the three and five start is, is anything to be concerned about. Okay. All righty. Well, we will keep our eye on that. Thank you so much, Steve. Talk to you next week. Allison, it's always my pleasure. 
MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go. Every night, on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.